and welcome to Dad Pod, a podcast for dads by dads. My name is Matt Rodenberg, and as always, I'm joined by Andrew Rodenberg and Kyle York. So we're super excited to have our next guest on. Uh, he is a writer, he is a dancer, he is a motivational speaker, he is a man of many hats, uh, but we'll let him introduce himself. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? I am amazing, excited to be on, excited to get this call done. We had a little resistance, but that means that we're on the right track. <laughs> That's right. No great thing has ever been done without a little resistance, right? Exactly. Very true. 100%. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. We, well, let's, uh, you know, we, the main reason we wanted, we wanted to have you on, we wanted to talk about your book. Uh, so we, we, you know, we reached out. We, we, sorry, you saw us on Instagram, uh, your book called I'll Be Here. You could find it on Amazon. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Kind of tell us, you know, uh, you know, where it came from, kind of the process and all of that good stuff. Awesome, awesome. So the process of this book uh, is a funny, hilarious process to me because it started off as like a 300-page self-help motivation book. And after writing it and kind of reading it and just kind of jumping through some of the hoops to get the book done, uh, I realized that it wasn't the season for me to write a self-help motivation book. I had to self-assess and really see where I was in life and what was going on with me personally. And I looked around and I noticed the obvious. I'm 24. I'm married. We were about to have our first child. And that was just fatherhood and marriage. That was the season that I was in or that I am in. And so I decided to go that direction opposed to like trying to be a guru or doing what I thought everybody was doing. Uh, to, you know, get their career to the next level, I decided to speak my truth and not just chase after what I knew would work, if that makes sense. So with that being said, um, I started to think about a family book, a book that, you know, is good for a husband, for a wife, for a child. And then my wife and I were getting a bunch of children's books for our baby shower. And it's funny because we were reading them and I was like, some of these books aren't really that good. Like, some of them kind of suck. So my wife was like, well, <laughs> if you think the book sucks so bad, why don't you write a children's book? And that was kind of the genesis of this whole thing. It was a combination of me realizing what season I was in, self-assessing, and my wife telling me, like, don't complain about something that you're not willing to fix. Side note, that's a great lesson for everybody in the world. So um, that's how this book started. That is yeah. awesome. That, uh, that challenge from your wife, kind of just throwing it down, saying, you know, if you don't like it, go fix it. And I like that. Right. I like the, that challenge and, you know, that you were willing to do that. I think that's awesome. I think the lesson you learn from it, um, you know, don't, don't do anything that you're not willing to fix. I think that's a great lesson for, for anybody. Uh, you know, I'm a teacher and I, you know, I wouldn't ask anything of my students that I wouldn't do. So, I, you know, I kind of live that, try to live that anyway. Definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, as human beings, like, I don't, or maybe it's not everybody, but most people, even, even including myself, we just kind of like to complain or point out what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with situations. But it's kind of like, if you're not going to make an effort to be a part of the solution, then you're kind of part of the problem. So, like, don't talk. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? <laughs> There's no other way to say it, but to no, just that's, put it yeah, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about about yourself. We heard about your book, but tell us about the man behind the book. Absolutely. So again, my name is Anthony Cotton. I go by the name of Anthony Greatness Cotton. 
just because I know that whatever you believe about yourself becomes a reality. So I try to believe that I'm great and aspire for greatness. So that's what I call myself. To tell you guys a little bit about what I do, I consider myself a hope dealer. So you're like, what's a hope dealer? I'm glad you asked. It's <laughs> somebody that distribute, distributes positivity, motivation, love to the, you know, everybody they come in contact with. And for me, that looks like a couple of different things, as you mentioned. Um, it's sometimes you can catch me motivational speaking at a school, or at a seminar. Sometimes you can catch me dancing or doing a dance video. Lately, it's been uh, writing books and becoming an author. So I do a lot of different things, but the connection point between all that I do is that I'm simply trying to inspire and encourage everybody that I meet, everybody that I encounter to simply be great and just reach for their fullest potential and just just like be all be all that you're meant to be. I hate to be yeah. cliche, but like really go for it. <laughs> hey, sometimes, sometimes a cliche is a good answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I always say cliches are cliches for a reason. There's reasons That's people right. keep repeating these things because they're true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely work. So how's it been uh, being a father so far? How's, how's the journey? So, of course, being a father is unlike anything else. It's the most beautiful thing you can imagine. It's the most breathtaking thing you can imagine. All of the things, cliches again, as you know. But I will say, if I may be honest on today's podcast, is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. I think becoming a father has been very challenging and as I think about it, I'm a thinker. I like to sit down and just think. Sometimes my wife is like, what are you doing? You look so busy. I'm like, oh, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking today. So um, as I think <laughs> about why it's been so challenging for me, it's, I've noticed that a lot of things that people told my wife and I were going to be challenging, we kind of did with flying colors. So we were in a long-distance relationship for about a year and a half. And people were like, oh, that's not going to work. And we just like, it worked for us. And then we got married and everybody's like, oh, that first year of marriage, you guys, you guys are going to want to kill each other every day. <laughs> and we were like, it was like a honeymoon, like a Disney movie every day. So a lot of these different things people kept telling us were challenging. We just were like conquering them. So we thought the same thing about parenting. A lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be hard. You're never going to get any sleep. And I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. You said that about marriage. We're going to conquer this thing. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of went in it with um, like the Superman I can conquer all things. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a beast attitude. And as soon as the baby was born, I was completely humbled <laughs> because it is <laughs> way more difficult than I could imagine. Instagram makes it look like it's just all cute smiles and, yeah. you know, easy diaper changing. Oh, she peed on me. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it does not feel good at three o'clock in the morning when you get peed on. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I could speak for every single one of our listeners with, and they would agree with you 100 percent that the, you know, becoming a new parent is the great, great humbler. Uh, you yeah. think you, you know everything and you think you're you're all big and bad. And then this little tiny little thing comes into your <laughs> life and just throws you for a loop. Yeah, you, you said it perfectly. It's like the, the smallest thing possible. But yes, it is not like anything else in that <laughs> sense, for sure. But of course, it's it's amazing. Like when I when, when I look at my daughter eye to eye, if I'm spending a moment with my daughter and my wife together, it's like. I wish I could say something deeper than this, but it's like this is what really matters. A lot of stuff happens in a day. A lot of frustrations happen dealing with business or ministry or different things. 
But when I look at those two, or if I'm having a moment with my daughter, I'm like, okay, this is what really matters. It really streams lines. Um, what's important in life. It really does. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, before my wife and I had our daughter, we, you know, you know, we'd go out, we have fun, you know, we do these things and, you know, and, 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 you know, hang out with friends and stuff, but yeah. nothing beats hanging out with, you know, just spending the Friday night at home, just, you know, playing, watching movies, playing with toys. I mean, so it really does change your life for the better though. It's great. I agree. I don't know how people like just leave children. I don't, I'll never understand. <laughs> yeah, like, but yes, there's, there, I agree with you hundred percent. There's nothing like it. There honestly is. Right. And yeah, so that's, uh, uh, kind of the message of your book. And we, we kind of hit on that a little bit. Uh, one of the other things that you mentioned, um, that you are really big into and kind of been a big influence in your life. Um, you've kind of used in your ministry and your, in your, uh, path is dancing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, 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 how you've used that as a tool. Absolutely. So again, like I said, I, um, I wear a lot of different hats. Dancing is one of them. But I think dancing, one, is, it came to me first. Dancing was before speaking, before writing. I think dancing was one of the first passions that I had. And it was the first thing that helped me understand that you can feel negative emotions, but release them in a positive way. So I was an only child growing up, and I was definitely the type of person that didn't share his feelings with everybody, or I just kind of pretended that nothing ever bothered me. So, of course, there was a lot of anger and resentment about certain situations built up. But instead of lashing out, you know, verbally or assaulting somebody at a very young age, I realized, wow, I can channel that anger and I could I could take that to the dance floor. I can take that to a performance and I still get that same that same release of energy, that same outlet that I would get if I was doing something negative, but now people are smiling, now people are clapping, now other people are, not only am I releasing my frustrations, but other people are getting to get escapism from their drama or their frustrations throughout the day. So at a very young age, I, I just realized that just from seeing like the way Michael Jackson's dance moves impacted people and how people would like pass out at his concerts, not just for the, the fame and the glory, but it was just an idea of escapism for myself and for others. So that's really what dance has been to me. It's an extension of my personality. It's just an extension of who I am. Well, that's, that's really good to hear. Cause you know, when I dance, it affects people very negatively cause I'm so bad at it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to hear that there's some positive things that come from dance and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, coming from the, being a teacher, it's, uh, it's, it's good to see, you know, people have that outlet because, you know, being at school, being, you know, going through a frustrating day can, can be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that, have that outlet. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good message for kids going forward is you can find your outlet. You can do this. You know, it can be something as some, something as simple as, you know, what you love doing like dance. So I think that's a great message. Right. right. I have, okay. So I'm very random. You'll learn that, uh, as we go on with this conversation and if we ever meet in person. So I have a question. So we talk about how we're these different hats. And I know there's a philosophy out in the world that you kind of have to be one thing. It's, there's a saying, I'm sure you've heard it, that uh, you can be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I want to hear some of you guys' perspective. I know I'm flipping this and this is kind of unexpected, but what is your perspective on 
wearing multiple hats or in 2018 do you think you should be one thing i just want to hear what you guys thoughts are uh, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll take a stab at it. Uh, I think you have to wear multiple hats. I don't think you can pigeonhole yourself into saying I'm this one thing. Uh, yeah. Just the way we are as a society now. Uh, I don't. I'm gonna. We'll blame it on the millennials and you know have you to be fast paced and change all the time. <laughs> right. We're all millennials, but uh, you know you you can't just sit stagnant. You know we don't go to the same job for thirty years anymore. Retire with the same company that we've been with our entire careers. Yeah. You know, uh, you know we jump around. We you know we. We're constantly learning and adapting, and uh, I, even myself, you know, I've had like four jobs in the past ten years just because I've gotten into different roles, and you know, I've finally figured out what what my path was. Uh, yeah. So it, you know, and you can't just sit and and do that over and over and over. So uh, I think you have to kind of you know, uh, kind of do more than just uh, sit stagnant and be say I'm going to be this. I'm going to do it for thirty years. I'm going to retire. And then the same way with being a father, you kind of have to adapt and, um, you know, whatever challenge is thrown at you, uh, you know, put on, put on that hat for the day and, and go to work. So. Absolutely. And that's, that's another, you hit on something great. That's another lesson I definitely learned because I'm, I, 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 if I'm, if I could be honest again, I like for things to go my way. I like to plan things and I like (laughs) them to happen the way that I plan them. And if they don't, I get like uncomfortable. It's terrible. I'm working on it. But having the baby has really helped me to just understand like dude you just have to go with the flow like i know you wanted to go to walmart and then home depot but maybe you just go to walmart today (laughs) that's a a small example but it's really taught me to just kind of just take life as it comes not in a negative way but you can't be a control freak all day i've learned that yeah, and I, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm I've been an educator, and as an educator, you have to wear many hats just doing one job. I mean, you're yeah. you're a, you're a teacher, you're a social worker, you're, a, you know, you have to be that connection between parents. You have to do all of those things, and I, I think you know the biggest thing about um, life as, as as a working parent, or you know, it, you know, really any parent is just balance and finding that balance. Um, yeah between all of the many hats that you have to wear. And we, we have, we've had that conversation before on the show. And I think, you know, finding routine, finding balance, finding, you know, the barriers that, that go up is, uh, is, a, is a great way to go about things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so twins definitely forces you to wear multiple hats <laughs> oh, because you oh could have one, one baby uh, acting a certain way and another yeah. baby just being the complete opposite. So even within um, that one minute, uh, stretch you could be wearing two hats maybe three hats um, wow but I, th- I think uh, my personality has always kind of been suited for doing a ton of different things just because my mm-hmm. attention span isn't really there so I'm right here uh, with you uh, <laughs> I'd say that's a bit of an understatement but yeah <laughs> I'm right here with you <laughs> so I, I always like to but I, I try to put it into a, a positive form and I learn as much as I can and read as much as I can all the time constantly and um, I'm really a hands-on person. I like to fix things and work on stuff. So I think doing that my whole life has kind of helped me be able to do this with one hand and do something else with the other hand and be having a conversation with the wife all at the same time. So I think it's, awesome. it's been 
it's been fun. I definitely have honed my skills uh, wearing multiple hats, having <laughs> having twins. So yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I applaud to you. Respect to you. Whatever else, beautiful, straight to you. <laughs> Thanks for answering that. I just I'm random, but I was just curious about you guys' thoughts on that. No, I like that. I like to flip the script a little bit. You you turn around on us, and you know we we talk all the time, but you know we you know stuff like that. It's nice to hear questions kind of flip back on us. So awesome, we awesome. appreciate it. Um, so w- we talked a little bit about the book in the beginning and about the mm-hmm. process of you behind the book. Uh, so I was, I was reading the book with my daughter the other day. She loves it. She loves the, the animation and, you know, just kind of the flow of it and, you know, hearing us read it. She actually like grabbed it out of my hands and just wanted to sit there and look at it. That melts my heart. Uh, but, you know, there, I think it's, it's got a lot of great stuff and it's, you know, it, it, it's written for, I guess, our generation and not so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, the children's books have been children's books that have been out forever. And yeah. people have, this is one of my favorite books. So, you know, my parents read it to me. So it's at least, you know, 30 years old. Right. And, you know, this is a, a book that's, you know, I, I think got some stuff that we can all relate to. Like one of my favorite lines is we'll, we'll take tons of selfies, one, two, three cheese. And yeah, for we'll go sure. out into mother nature and we'll climb some big trees. So, you know, it's kind of that, uh, We'll, we'll spend the time together taking pictures, doing all that cute stuff, but we'll also go outside and kind of do that walking around. Uh, so kind of talk us through, you know, kind of the message behind the book and, you know, kind of how you came, came to that. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'll start with that line before I forget. So, yeah, that line was very intentional. I think every line is very short. It's very simplistic, but I, I really thought every line out. And that line was kind of saying, like, with the selfie thing, like, I'll kind of, I'll go into your world. You know, we can take selfies, do the things that you want to do um, as a teenager or a child or whatever it may be in 2018. And then we'll still kick it, kick it old school and go climb some trees. So, like, in that line, it was just, it was just really like, hey, I'm going to go into your world, but we're going to, I still want to instill some, some quote unquote old school principles into you. Right. But um, the entire book, What I want to say with this, in a very indirect way, is that fathers, like, we need you. You you matter. You're important. Your child's future success or failure is really predicated on if you're going to be present or absent. And that's really tough. And that's a huge weight. But it's so true. And I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but if you look at the statistics, so one in three um, children in America is raised in a house that's fatherless and then if you look at the the people under 18 that are addicted to drugs it's like 73 percent of them come from fatherless homes if you look at um, people under 18 that are in jail or prison 80 something percent of them come from fatherless homes and the list goes on and on runaways students i mean just all kinds of situations that you would never want to see people in a lot of these people are coming from fatherless homes so once I was reading and doing my research and looking at these statistics, it was like, I have to do something that encourages fathers to be fathers, fathers to be present and engaged, because I don't know if you guys would agree, but there's a definite difference between being present and then being an engaged father. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think historically, like, I'm 24, so, like, my grandpa's generation were... You know, they were the hardcore labor workers. They would work hard, you know, labor, hands-on jobs. And I think, and I can't classify all fathers from that generation, but a large percent of them were present 
but they weren't really engaged emotionally or verbally. I've heard a lot of fathers from that era say things like, you know, um, you know, I'm here or I don't have to tell you I love you. You should know that. But I I see issues and I see a gap there. So I want fathers to be present physically, but also be engaged in their children's lives. Be at the games when they can be at the games. Talk about stuff you don't want to talk about. Listen to stuff you don't want to listen to, but just to let your child know that you're there. And we'll, you, will, you will see the fruit of that when they become adults and they become productive citizens and they start reaching their dreams if you're present and engaged. On the other hand, you know, statistics show that doesn't go well. So I just really want fathers to realize, like, being a dad is great. Being a dad is awesome. And your child needs you. I love that. I think that's an, an awesome message. I think that is, uh, you know, something that everybody can can take away from that. And it's honestly, it's not the first time we've heard that even on this podcast. You know, you, yeah. you, you've got to be present, engaged and, and be there for your kids. So uh, but, and I think I, that's but an I awesome will message. Say, for people who haven't read the book, it's not like in your face, like you better be there. You better be there every day. <laughs> it's a fun, cute book. It's rhythmic. It's it's fun. But the underlying message, the heart behind it is that you're really important. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and I can speak to that because it is, I mean, it's it's well written, well thought out. And it's, uh, you know, it's really easy to read. I'm not a, uh, so my wife can attest to this when I read to my daughter. It, you know, kind of takes me a minute to, to get my flow and get into the to the rhythm. But this yeah. was uh, really easy for me to read and really easy for, for her to just sit back and kind of us to, to get that you know, time to spend together. So. I really enjoyed it. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, So, you know, we we kind of talked about how you've taken all these endeavors on. um, And we know that that can kind of be difficult with um, being, you know, a dad and balancing all those things. Um, We've we've talked to some entrepreneurs before on this show. And we kind of want to get your feedback on this. If somebody's really wanting to take that dive into... Uh, you know, I, I want to quit my job. I want to start this business or I want to do this thing. Uh, how, how do they go about doing that? How do they strike balance um, in their life? Or how would you how would you give them advice to strike balance in their life uh, that you've done? Gotcha. Okay, so that sounds like a twofold question. So if someone wants to, one, make an entrepreneurial leap, one, and then how do you find balance if you make that leap, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, Absolutely. so awesome. So I'll answer the first question first. So I think... Um, I don't know if you guys know who Gary Vee is, but he's like, he's a speaker. He's an entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs. He says that entrepreneurship is really sexy right now. And what he means by that is it's a word that a lot of people use and a lot of people want to do because it looks cool. And I don't even know if everybody has an understanding of what an entrepreneur actually is. Um, So if you do, great, go for that. But what I want to say for everybody is just to simply do what makes you happy. Do that thing that will keep you up for 24 hours working going, or when you think about it, your heart starts racing. And I know it sounds so corny, but if you're not doing that, then you're kind of wasting air while you're here on earth. And I understand you may be sitting there thinking right now, but Anthony, you don't understand. I have a wife, I have kids, I have to provide. And I completely understand that. I believe that sometimes you have to work a job that you hate or you have to do things that you don't want to do, but it should only last for a season. So while with one hand you're, you know, you're working for that company, you're doing what you have to do, you're providing, on the other hand, you need to be simultaneously 
building your brand, building your company, working on that passion. Because it's 2018, no matter what your passion is, you can turn that into profit. You can be a Listerine sampler for YouTube and make $100,000 a year. It's so so ridiculous the things that I see some of these 16-year-olds doing, some of these quote-unquote millennials doing. So I would say work towards doing what makes you happy. That's what you're put on the earth to do. That's what, that's, that's, that's your purpose. That's your point. You're not here to work a job that you hate, be miserable, complain, and die. And I've seen that time and time and time again, and I don't want that to happen to you. So if you want to make that leap to be an entrepreneur, make that leap to be an entrepreneur. If you want to become a teacher and right now you work in real estate, then switch to being a teacher. Whatever makes you happy, regardless of if you lose money, make money, whatever it is, I need you to just make that shift in your life. Everything else will just run a lot more smooth when you take that burden off of yourself. And it's not overnight. And it's not like I can sell you a pill and you can be living your dream in five minutes. But you can start working towards it. Yeah, and I think... Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I was just going to respond to something you said, I think, with that... that mentality that we can all become, you know, this uh, YouTube since there's a kid on YouTube that just watches videos and gives his, their, their food videos and he just gives his reaction and he's like, you know, making millions or whatever. But I I totally agree. But I think with that, I think people Mm -hmm. think that this stuff's going to happen overnight and we've learned, I'm sure you've learned that it doesn't happen overnight and then it takes a lot of work and you just have to keep working at it and working at it, working at it if it's something that you want to do. Yeah. And so, and that kind of falls into the second thing that I'm going to say about balance, but I'll, I'll just say, I'll say it now. There is a, so with all that I acute motivation, aspiration, floaty things that I just said, these things are not as random as they look. I will say that. So you see these videos, you're like, oh, I'll just post a video and it's going to go viral or I'll just make an Instagram account and it's going to, the world's going to see it. These things very rarely actually happen organically and randomly. There's strategy behind it. There's teams behind it. There's timing. So as you said, I completely agree. Is it possible? Yes. But don't think that just because it's possible, you're going to quit your corporate job and then go start doing YouTube reactions and be rich next month because that's not how it works. So I I don't want to set you up for false expectations. You can do it, but you will have to work probably 10 times harder than you were working at the other job because the other job the check is coming you know no matter if you overperform or underperform more than likely you're still going to see a check every two weeks on this end (laughs) not the case (laughs) not the case (laughs) so it's a lot of work but um i want to get into your second question which was balance and i'm sure you've heard this from other people i think i even heard a guy that you interviewed say the same thing but we're saying the same thing because it's true. You have to have priority. You have to prioritize to have balance when you're trying to build a business, have a family, be a father, do things that make you happy. You got to throw that in there. You have to prioritize and see what's 911. If everything in your life is 911, oh, I got to be here for the business. Oh, I got to be here for the family. Oh, I got to be here for my friends. If everything's that important, then technically nothing is really important. So for me, number one, of course, my faith. But as far as people and experiences, my wife and my child are first. So if I get 
uh, a contract that says, hey, Anthony, you can make a million dollars. All you have to do is go to Tokyo for six months. You can't be with your wife, can't be with your baby. They can't come, but you, you'll make a million dollars. You have to be in Tokyo for six months. Or I have the choice of doing what I'm doing now, making less than a million dollars in six months, but being with my wife and my child, I'm 100% going to turn that down because they are my priority. So I think what happens is people don't have priorities, so they don't know, should I choose this big? Should I choose this big opportunity that's going to take away from my family? Or should I choose family? And they don't, because they don't have a system, an order, they don't know what to do. They get flabbergasted and then they blow one or the other. So my family comes first and then business comes after that. That doesn't mean that I don't go after, go after opportunities. That doesn't mean that I don't work hard, but it means that not at, if it's going to sacrifice my role as a husband, not if it's going to sacrifice my role as a father. So one, prioritize your life and figure out what's, what comes first. Secondly, and I'm learning this especially um, in the last month with having a daughter, you have to strategize. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I don't want to project this on you because maybe this isn't for everybody, but most days, pretty much every hour of my day is marked out. So I'll sit down the night before and I'll say, okay, from 8 to 9, I'll be doing this. From 10 to 11, I'll be doing this. And of course, I'm not perfect. I'm not a robot. But I do strategize my days so that I can make sure that I'm getting those time. I'm getting these things done. Even if I'm strategizing, hey, for these two hours, my phone's going to be turned off and I'm just going to be a dad or I'm just going to be a husband or whatever it may be. I really map out almost every hour of my day. And again, I, I'm not perfect at it, so I don't want to you know, paint this false image, but at least I make an effort to strategize what my days look like to make sure that I hit all the things that need to be hit that day. If that helps. Yeah, no, I think it totally helps. And I, you know, I like the, the point you're making where, you know, in what you said that it's not going to be easy, you know, it's not easy to, you know, you constantly want to be attached to your phone because, you know, whether it's you're checking a, you know, an email from work or, you know, somebody is supposed to get back to you or something like that. But you, and this is something that we're terrible at. My wife and I are terrible at it and we're trying to get better. We've done it a couple of times since we, you know, kind of made a, made a push to do this, but like put your phone down, you know, be with your daughter, be with your, you know, son, whoever it is. And, you know, just TV's off. Let's, let's, let's lay on the ground and play and, you know, do all this stuff. And, uh, it's hard to, to find the balance between that and, you know, you work and you, you know, all, there's a ton of stuff going on. So uh, I think that's, I, also, I think that's great advice. I would also say last thing, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on a tangent. I would also say communicate with, um, your spouse or whoever it may be. I'm going to speak from the, the viewpoint of a husband. So I'll say your spouse, but my wife and I know that in this season we're parents, but we're also trying to build two companies we're trying to build our family brand we're trying to build my personal brand brand brands excuse me so that means i may spend more time than usual working on instagram advertisement or i may spend more time than usual on phone calls or doing podcasts but we have that understanding so she doesn't feel neglected so it's not like oh we're spending all this time now he doesn't have time for me we both understand that i love you we're gonna do we're gonna X out this much time for each other, but in this season, I might have to be working a little overtime. I may, you know, be at this event and that event. And as long as you're okay with that, then I'm going to do it. If not, 
then I won't. Does that make sense? Having that communication going for sure. That yeah, I, yeah it absolutely that is, makes sense. <laughs> is is great in an awesome piece of advice uh, from you know kind of somebody who's doing this in, in working and raising a daughter. You know it, that's the most important thing is to to communicate because yeah, uh, if you don't communicate, then it's not going to end well. Uh, and you no. know, o- oftentimes it's just like if there's a you know if anything's going on it's just like you didn't tell me anything was you were doing anything tonight or you didn't tell me mm-hmm. that and it's just like all this would be alleviated if you just said hey i'm doing this you know or here's a calendar of the things that i have going on and yeah. communicating that with your significant other yeah if you don't communicate people are left to uh, create assumptions so if i don't communicate that i'm i love you but i'm busy because i'm trying to expand for us then it may just seem like, oh, he doesn't love me as much as he loves his business because it wasn't communicated. Now your spouse is left to make assumptions. So don't let your spouse make assumptions. Communicate, people. (laughs) Communicate, communicate, communicate. (laughs) Yeah, that's great advice overall, I think, not even applying to parenthood, but uh, just being married, especially in newlyweds, because you're used to just communicating with yourself when you get married. That uh, <laughs> when you when oh you get ma- when you get yeah. married that like uh, you know you you move in and together and all that kind of stuff you're used to kind of doing your own thing but uh, I learned Absolutely. several hard lessons about not communicating very well uh, when we were first uh, married so uh, yeah that's that's so funny it's like oh advice. I have to I have to think about what you want for <laughs> breakfast too not yeah. just me oh what you want for dinner you didn't want Captain Crunch right. <laughs> 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 Uh, so true. So, what is your what's been your uh, favorite parenting story so far? Whether it be <laughs> something funny parenting. or just anything that's happened. Uh, I have two favorite parenting stories. One's funny, one's beautiful. The funny one was I woke up, or my wife woke me up at about three o'clock in the morning. My daughter pretty consistently wakes up at midnight, three a.m. and six a.m. So it was the three a.m. shift. And my wife wakes me up, and she's, like, frozen. She's like, I need your help. But she's not moving. I'm like, are you, are you paralyzed? What happened? <laughs> and I, I kind of wipe the crust out of my eyes, and I see the baby has just, like, squirted poop all over her. <laughs> and she's, like, trying not to move and smear it on the bed. And it was just like, okay, this is, this is funny. So that was hilarious. So she was paralyzed uh, just for not, yeah. you know, any other reason that there's poop all over the place. <laughs> right, right. She was trying not to, you know, smear it or get it on the right. sheets or, you know, get it on the baby. She's like... Help, help, but her arms were, like, completely <laughs> stiff. It was hilarious. So that was number one. And then the second one is similar to what you just said. Um, my wife and I do a lot of switching off because, you know, it's like, okay, I'll hold her while you get the. We're moving to a completely different state. Again, we're building businesses where we just released a book. There's a lot going on. So we do a lot of, like, hey, for two hours, I'll hold the baby. You go do this. For two hours, I'll hold the baby. You go do that. So there was a moment, it wasn't the only moment, but there was just was a really special one where there was no phone, no TV, and both of us were just sitting there with my daughter. And she's only one month, but she seemed so happy and excited to have the full attention of both of her parents. <laughs> she could, it was weird. It's like, you're only one month, but you could, she, you could tell she felt the love. She felt the warmth. She's like laughing and going back and forth and making silly faces. And it was just like, that's just like locked in my memory forever. 
Yeah, I the, the those times are great, and then it, I mean, it's just every single day now. It's just like they do something that you're like, man, you're just gonna continue to melt my heart every single day. If the for as long as you live, right. actually, so. Oh yeah. It's over. I'm sure there'll be some some downs when we hit the teenage years, but we'll, you know, (laughs) for right now, when they're just walking around and it's it's amazing. We'll enjoy this. Yeah. It's over as far as her having me wrapped around her finger. It's it's already there. I'm 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 big softy now. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. My daughter's starting to goo and ga when I talk to her, so it's it's the cutest thing ever. I have no idea what she's saying. (laughs) Sometimes I think she's talking stuff, but uh, it's the cutest cutest disrespect I've ever gotten in my life. I'll be honest. Oh, it's amazing when their personalities come out. Like they will, they will, they'll talk stuff. They'll (laughs) they'll they'll give you these hand gestures and talk some stuff and. I've I've got a 15 month old and I know for a fact she's talking stuff. So uh, she walks around pointing her finger at me, and looking looking me square in the eyes, and doing stuff she knows she's not supposed to do. So, uh, oh, but so uh, like I said, I can't I can't you know I try and get mad or I try and say don't do that, but it just I can't. She just looks me right in the eyes and sees right through me. Oh man, oh man, we are in trouble, guys. We are in trouble. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Well, Anthony, uh, we, we, I, you know, we thank you so much for, for coming on with you. us, telling us your story, talking to us about your book. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, where we can find the book. Tell us where we can find uh, any of your other brand stuff you have going on, uh, and yeah. give it, get, you know, let our listeners know where you can, they can find that stuff. Absolutely, everybody. You can find me on Instagram, and my handle is at greatnesscotton. Again, on Instagram, it's at greatnesscotton. And then on Facebook, you can find me, Facebook and YouTube, just type in Anthony Greatness Cotton, and I'll come right up. Again, Facebook and YouTube, Anthony Greatness Cotton, I'll come right up. And then the book, I'll Be Here, is available exclusively on Amazon. Go to Amazon, type in I'll Be Here by Anthony Cotton. It's $9.95. I didn't want it to be expensive. I want it to be affordable for everybody. So go check it out. Leave a review. Tell me what you think about it. And uh, I need you to do one simple thing before we go. And I need you to be great. Be all that you were meant to be. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. You got me all fired up now from (laughs) from talking to you tonight. So, uh, And I want to say before I go, I'm sorry. I just want to applaud you guys for getting this podcast started and getting this thing in motion. A lot of people talk about the podcast that they're going to do and they talk about the book that they're going to write and they talk about the jobs that they're going to get and they never do it. So I just applaud you guys for getting this thing off the ground, making this thing work, finding people to interview. That's not easy. So respect for each and every one of you guys. Thank you. Well, we appreciate that very much. We appreciate that. (laughs) The kind words. And again, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, so I think that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, you can find uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. You know, subscribe, rate us, uh, download it. Uh, you'll be able to find this one there. You can also find it on our website at website at mydadpod.com. Uh, you can also we actually uh, put Anthony's book on our products page, uh, so you could check it out there. It's just a link to the to the Amazon page. So if you're interested, check it out there. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at my dad pod and, uh, you know, find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash my dad pod. So again, Anthony, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Thanks, Anthony.
Peace.